Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments about rebooting the presidency with an all-female cast are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Hillary Clinton? And that is how you pivot. <laughs> Wait, what did she say? And that's how you pivot. And that is how you pivot. My favorite post-election uh, meme. Hey, did anyone see the series finale of America last night? Nailbiter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I dare say we we don't get political, but the only thing I will say is, how pissed was she last night? Could, I, I would her. not want to have been anywhere near Hillary. That. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, I what? didn't see her at all. No, that's really. She, I just wouldn't want to be around her. Did You're she, assuming she was. Did she pissed. give her? You lost again. Oh well. Did she give her uh, concession off camera? No, she came but out she, this she morning. Come out but she day. didn't give it last night, and I think that's the indicator, which is yeah. like. <laughs> That's right. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. She was not in the mood to be given a public address, so she waited till she was. I'm just saying I'd I wouldn't be upset. want to be around her. Yeah. I'd be upset. Why wouldn't you I'm be imagining. upset? I'm imagining. I'm uh, imagining. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. Hi. We're in Delaware. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, previews, special guests, bits, yeah. banter, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. This is a brand new show, and these brand new shows are offered up every week. Just search uh, Yahoo, Google, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. And of course, the show is absolutely free. Paul, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the stock market, but it's... Went down. A bit. Oh, yeah. it's going to go down, Most probably more. Most of my money is tied up in what we call the game. Oh, hey, don't so, worry about uh, it. I don't have... Money on Fear not, Bart. Yes. The show is free. Oh, well, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Dodge the bullet. Fear on not, that. all of you. Hey, free show. By the way, my big suggestion: I would invest in water coolers. A lot of talking coming up. A <laughs> lot of talking coming up. <laughs> Either that or fence material, concrete, perhaps. Well, that might be a good idea because a lot of those water coolers are going to be bashed over other people's heads for various reasons. They're going to have to replace them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's there's, there's going to be a lot of fights at the water cooler. <laughs> Talk for a second, then bashing begins. <laughs> Uh, I'm your host for the hardest working podcast in all the land, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. I did my first desk pop. That's a real thing, right? <laughs> Karen Volpe. I would have used aluminum, but I'm crazy. And Bart Caius. <laughs> Serrano's got the discs! Serrano's got the discs! <laughs> I'm mostly. Later in the show, we'll be joined by the co-director of the documentary Tickled, now available on iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, and all manner of video on demand, Yay! David Ferrier. That was our first pre-applause. Yeah. I, I didn't even get to the it's name yet. really good. It's wow. good. Yeah, that's going to be good. Co-director. Oh! Yeah. 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 <laughs> he code the crap out of that. <laughs> the co-director of Prince of Persia. Oh, we went too soon. We were too early. Let me finish the question before you answer. Uh, but, but, of course, besides home viewing, there are new films in cinemas this week, and we go over all the new releases for your every weekend with our patented Movie Previews. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Movie Previews <laughs> I know, he's on like a little spaceship. <laughs> uh, that's right, we'll prep you for what's uh, coming up here at the movies this weekend and your big-time trip to the Cineplex, uh, talking spoiler-free about every new release, and that mm -hmm. includes Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk. Yes, spoiler alert, halfway through the walk, his boob pops out. Hot. <laughs> also, Danny Glover returns in Almost Christmas. And you thought the Trump years were going to be bad. Shut In is also coming out, the true story of one man named Bart Caius and his valiant struggle to go outside his house to see Jack Reacher when that would require actually seeing people. No. Still hasn't happened. And first up, Arrival, which is not to be confused with The Arrival, starring Charlie Sheen. 
which nobody saw, no. and there's no reason to bring up. <laughs> Hope that clear things up. How many? We're one of 12. We're a world with no single leader. It's impossible to deal with just one of us. How do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. Well, I guess I don't need to tell you you're putting yourself at risk. Now that's a proper introduction. So that's Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker dealing with spaceships, pods mm-hmm. of some giant pods of some kind that have uh, appeared all across the world, and they have to communicate or go to war with these hostile or perhaps gentle alien beings. Can we do both? Can we talk and then fight? <laughs> well, it's happened before. You yeah. don't care about how the talk goes. Yeah. Just... Well, you're back to the water cooler. <laughs> well, they <Yeah>. seem ge- <laughs> yeah. well, they seem gentle. Get the guns. <laughs> Well, this is yet another respectable sci. Do they make disrespectable sci-fi anymore? Do they make just cheap knockoff cheap sci-fi bag stuff? Not it's, for theaters. And I, it's always uh, very respectable. Yeah, Directive, uh, Blu-ray, and Netflix. Yeah, oh, of course true. they do. The Tons. Trans changers. <laughs> Did anybody make the connection between the first time that we saw Amy Adams was in a movie where she was pregnant? And there was a rival of a baby, and now she's in this one. And there's Called a rival. And this, rival. and then her career ends. And then her career's done. Wait, no. <laughs> no. I hope not. Hmm? I hope Spoiler alert. I do like her. <laughs> no, because you loved her, what was it called? Firefly June something? Bug. June Bug. Oh, what okay. a great movie. <laughs> that that made me an early pod. fan of hers. I've liked her ever since. Mm-hmm. And not just because she's hot. Right. Because she was pregnant in that one. That doesn't mean you're not hot. Yes, it does. Come on, Paul. No, Paul, they glow when that happens. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, that's what they tell also, you. Also, when they've been near a nuclear reactor. <laughs> also, <laughs> which I don't recommend if you're pregnant. Not, I thought it's because they get sweaty. They sweat a lot. Yeah, <laughs> A lot of glow. Well, I know a lot of guys who glow, but they're usually just fat. So. It's too tired to add powder. You know, stuff. <laughs> well, let's get on to that first okay. film of ours. It is called Arrival. Oh, so it is another adorable baby movie. No mm. doubt Jennifer Aniston gets into a lot of trouble when her water breaks while at the top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Whatever will Jason Sudeikis do? Uh, no, Bart, it is science fiction, like I mentioned. Oh, well, say la vie. Arrival tells the story <laughs> of a frightened America under invasion from an alien race. No, not Tuesday night's election. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a doozy, Judge. <laughs> Adam, let's talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> If you love 2015's Departure and Up in the Air, you'll go crazy over this sequel and trilogy capper, Arrival. America is shocked to wake up and find the country covered in giant mysterious penises. (laughs) But enough about Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) How have we not used this before? We have. I love this drop. Yeah, we have. That's the best. <clears throat> Actually, uh, they're spaceships, Adam. The aliens Ooh. have landed. Ooh. Well, sort of. Aliens have hovered. <laughs> when about a dozen alien spacecraft spread out all over the world begin floating above the ground, people start to take notice, especially the military. But before they start shooting at them, they decide to first figure out what the aliens are up to. We've got to make contact. One of us should actually try to speak to it. Good idea. <laughs> the military search for a way to communicate with the aliens leads them to a professional linguist. I know words. I had the best words. <laughs> no, no, no. Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams. With the rival's heroic linguist and Inferno's heroic symbologist, I'm assuming the aliens are secretly kidnapping cinema's grizzled private detectives. <laughs> Unfortunately, it turns out that English isn't their native language. Well, of course it isn't. They're aliens. It's Spanish, right, Paul? Big leg. <laughs> No, it's not Spanish either. It's an actual alien language that nobody can understand. Hmm. Yeah, it's MIDI. (laughs) (laughs) 
If only it were that easy, which is why Amy Adams is asked by the government to get to work figuring out what the aliens are saying. You are on the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. I have something I need you to translate for me. Is that... <laughs> That's the language of the aliens? Well, why not get one of the guys from The Gods Must Be Crazy to translate? I thought it was a dead match. <laughs> With the world panicking over the aliens' intentions, Louise succeeds in translating their alphabet, which looks like a Rorschach inkblot, and tells the world that the aliens have come to... Bats? Uh, no, butterfly. Wait, mm, vagina? Probably. Their first transmission is like most travelers. Southwest lost my luggage. How soon till they can forward it on to my final destination? She actually translates the message to say, Offer weapon. Thinking the message is a declaration of attack, the world springs into action to self-fulfill the prophecy by attacking first. Now, we would normally make a joke about how upon arrival President Trump deported them, but that's no longer funny. Yeah, that's just factual, so... <laughs> Yeah. As usual, Earth protects itself by deploying its secret weapon that has protected it time and time again. One of people's sexiest men alive. This time it's Jeremy Renner, <laughs> who looks to be playing Hawkeye again. Actually, I don't think he's a superhero here, Adam. Right. I'm just saying he's there to support the story. He's kind of important, but he's not given a lot to do. Ah. The film is directed by Sicario's Dennis Villanueva. And other prestigious credits include Selma's Bradford Young, who is the cinematographer, and Johan Johansson is the composer, the composer. <laughs> to sum up, Arrival is a fictional story of a world facing a global crisis that needs someone to unite them and speak a common language. So they elect a woman to do it. There you go. That's yeah! fiction. I've mentioned this before. You already saw this, right? Seen this already. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and he came home and he said he loved it. Masterpiece. Now, my wow. first question is, the trailer, that is the first 20 minutes of this movie or half hour of this movie? It looks like one of those where you're like, oh, I don't know anything. It's really. one of those that's like the first uh, half hour of the movie and then a montage of shots from the okay. entire movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. Because they really play up the in there's a bunch of shots you see through multiple trailers, and you're like, wow, they're really kind of showcasing clearly like the beginning, the arrival, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it could have been a little more mysterious. Yeah. But, you know, don't watch it too much because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff in it. But mainly, I just think that it uh, is a very hopeful movie. Because it's is, about communication, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why are they here? That's on the poster. And so I hope the story is really good because they got some dopey looking spaceships. That was, those don't look cool at all. They look like cocoons. That's what I'm looking for in spaceships. Like look like a giant bean. They do look like pods, just bean yeah. pods. Did you not like Cocoon? What if they make the old people breakdance? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they don't need anymore. Maybe they've simplified their world. I gotta tell you, I was a little disappointed when the alien did the old like what was that toy High we? Five? Yeah, the, that toy we had Slime? when we were kids that would like. Oh, you throw the octopus throw at the, the wall. Octopus. <laughs> they did the old octopus on the is wall that what his move. I didn't like that because it reminded me too much of the cliche. Okay, this means here's something. my thing. If I have an alien, he's got to have a big green head and eyeballs. I don't want any more like aliens with you know coming out of the chest that are lizardy people. I can't. Aliens and I want them dry. I want them dry. Moist aliens. Moist aliens. No, I okay. hate it. Hey, if you show up and you're a moist alien, you're getting shot. Yeah. 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 Right? Because it's, yeah. <laughs> no one ever says that's not here to harm me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody says that's glowy. Yeah. That glows. He looks dry. Come on in. <laughs> I don't. 
don't mind having an alien kind of look like my grandpa did when he got really old with the big yeah. eyes and the little skinny yeah. body. Smelled that's like baby I, powder. That's what I want. Yeah. I blame CGI Off for ball. the rise of liquidy aliens, by the way. There weren't yeah. liquidy aliens yeah. fighting Tom Cruise and uh, yeah. Live, Die, Repeat yeah. tomorrow, yeah. yesterday of tomorrow? They're all yeah. soupy yeah. and wet. Yeah, oh, they were. Like Day after yesterday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I think it's interesting that last month we had a symbologist. Symbolist. Yeah, yeah. Symbolist. And now she's a linguist. Linguist. We're just running out of like cool people to make adventure action adventures. <laughs> I mean, we all believe that uh, that Indiana Jones was a, a bullwhip carrying archaeologist because archaeologist because we didn't know what archaeologists did. No, I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm might sure. as well be that. Yeah, I'm we sure all want I'll buy a movie. Yeah. yeah, and then we all wanted to do our homework for like you know history class and stuff. After that, it worked exactly. So now we're but, uh, all going to want to do our Spanish homework. Linguist, no. Mm. A translator, no. So they call the only person they could a hunky fireman from the calendar. <laughs> like uh, we're down to that, guys. <laughs> oh, let's do that. <laughs> uh, this was tracking at 100 percent on the vegetableometer of. Oh, rotten, what, uh, what vegetables were they measuring yeah, this month? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mostly squash. They went down to 98. It went down to 98. Guess why? Rex Reed. No. Oh. He's worst. still alive? I was just about to say this. <laughs> He's just the worst. Oh, that he died long ago. Uh, oh, and I did He's see- the worst thing in Superman the movie, which I just saw at the New Beverly. <laughs> He's got one cameo. Oh, hi, Rex. Oh, get off the screen. <laughs> I, I, and for the record, I did see the arrival with Charlie Sheen. And it's not horrible. No. It's David yeah. Tui, who this made Pitch Black. Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, like, you saw the arrival, the movie, the arrival, the arrival. Which I thought you saw yeah. this movie with Charlie Sheen. I went, oh, <laughs> you and Charlie, Charlie Sheen and I went to see Arrival. To see Arrival. That's oh, what we God. do. Right. We went out for Sundays. I, we have a nice day. <laughs> uh, but this arrival, much more superior. Yeah. So go and definitely see it. I give it a hundred percent. I don't care what Rex Reed says. And the Palma meter. As the uh, director of Sicario, that's just this amazing. You did not direct. Sicario. I did not. That's the direct, I directed. As the director of the Deer Hunter, Adam, I'd like to say. <laughs> We're just supposing. Is it got that kind of slow burn kind of thing? Because that's like at Sicario. Yep. There, at some point, you realize like, oh my god, I'm addicted to this movie. Yep. Like, and, and actually, having we goofed on his name, but Johan Johansson yeah. the did the, did the score for Sicario too. So it has that. Mm. That sort of ethereal feel, yeah. you know, with the in the look and the feel. I mean, I thought Deacons shot this because it shot so well, Ooh. but it's not. It's this Bradford Young guy who shot Selma, and it looks fantastic. Ooh. So everything. That's that, a good that, oh, this is what I've said about it. It, it it harnesses every single aspect of filmmaking to tell the story. Mm. It's not just uh, this is a cool story. Let's tell it. It's no. How can we use everything to tell it? I mean, mm. from cornball mise en scène. It's employed. Hey, right to, on to, to the music and the score and the setting. Right onto pods and sticky aliens. Pods, right. Everything right down you to need. The stickiness. Mm-hmm. I don't crucial. like soupy aliens. I'm telling you. And by the way, just real quick before we move on, yeah. you use the word mise en scène, and I know that's a pretentious thing, but I think we need to start using it more often because it is actually rarely used in movies, and I did not realize until I saw uh, what's that uh, horror movie? That I saw Ouija uh, two. Oh yeah, was yeah. that good? And it looked great. It is great, and it's yeah. mise en scène. You're like. Oh, this guy really like he just like crafts these shots in these moments and they're like and it just makes you realize like, oh, you know what? I actually don't see a lot of good directing <laughs> more than I think. Like yeah. it's like, oh, this is really good directing. And I may know? have said this before, but I saw Arrival a day after we saw E.T. Uh, mm. And I hadn't seen and, E.T. And, and, and E.T. is full of is that. so full of yeah. Spielberg just using yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I was like, he's doing the same thing. It's interesting. I was teaching a workshop to a bunch of fourth graders like two weeks ago. And I did not use the word mise en scène. No. But uh, and I, the, uh, I, I actually explained. I said, Stuff. I used that, so, <laughs> but I didn't realize at the time I was explaining to them that whenever you do theater, you have to always be in character. And I was giving them an example that even though they're not talking, they still have to be acting because mm-hmm. 
you are the director when you're watching the play. So if you want to just keep staring at your sister or whatever, even when she's not the focus, you can. But when you watch a movie, the director creates everything you see and they do it very specifically so that your focus goes from thing to thing and it was really neat to talk to them because they never thought about that before mm-hmm. but that's exactly what we're talking about and they like never a, thought about it because they're fourth graders that's some yeah. high level but they kind of appreciated it they can understand yeah. it but no adam's right though and, he, and the, you don't see it enough because they're yeah they're simply not enough directors who employ that and should I do wish I had on tape me trying to explain matte photography to my second grade class. Thank <laughs> which you. Which actually happened. It, you <laughs> I know, making a Star too. Wars book, and I thought yeah. I was explaining it, right? <laughs> All right, on to our next You mean film. you were in second grade at the time? Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, turn me around there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. me, yeah. That's different. That's better. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Our next film of the big holiday season weekend has Steve Martin and Chris Tucker. Oh. Hysterical. I cannot wait. Yeah, it also stars Kristen Stewart and Vin Diesel. Oh, of American Ultra and Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm still laughing. And it's about the military, and it's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. <laughs> I love hilarious military movies, you know, like Hot Shots. Yeah. You haven't seen this preview, have you? Well, Paul, it's been a very long and exciting week on TBS. All right, uh, listen, but why don't you preview this with me, then you'll learn a thing or two. Here we go. Next up, another film from your favorite director whose name is an adverb, Ang Lee. (laughs) The race for Oscar gold gains another likely nominee with this release of Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, a film that combines the Academy's favorite war and visionary filmmaking. Paul, he's been walking a long time. I saw this trailer before Ghostbusters back in July, and by now it's like overtime. Okay, enough out of you. All right. (laughs) When Billy Lynn, played by newcomer Joe Alwyn, is caught on a cell phone video coming to the aid of his sergeant, played by oldcomer Vin Diesel, (laughs) what happens next will surprise you. He's quickly turned into a marketing campaign for the military and paraded around the Midwest with his Bravo squad and given a big salute at halftime of a football game in front of a crowd of thousands of overpriced ticket holders who were really hoping for Beyonce. That's right. right. Nothing says thank you from a grateful country like having to walk on stage surrounded by a twerking Fergie and fireworks that will surely trigger your PTSD. Actually, the twerking alone might be enough to trigger yeah. PTSD, <laughs> even in people who have never been to a war. Mwah. You know who takes a long halftime walk every week? The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> in addition to being paraded around by the U.S. government, Hollywood gets the bright idea to make the story of Billy Lynn and Bravo Squad into a movie. Oh, you, you mean like this one? Right? I mean, isn't that what this is? This is the story of Bravo Squad. Yes, but in this movie, they tell the story of turning the story into a movie. So let me get this straight. Somebody gets the idea to make a movie about war, and then somebody else gets the idea to make a movie about how someone got the idea to make a movie about war? You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. (laughs) What happened then? Past then. When? Just now. (laughs) Wear it now, now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. I like it. You've been greenlit! That's how you make a movie, folks. Wow. <laughs> the message of the movie is delivered in the contrast between the roar of that crowd and the deafening roar of war, Ooh. emphasizing how there's simply no understanding from even the most appreciative crowd what the soldier went through. You see, the realities of war are that people die, bombs explode, innocent lives are taken, and in the end, the winners write the history books. Whereas most Americans view war as a series of up, down, A, B, reload, pause, hit a bowl, eat some Fritos, unpause, down, down, A, B, trigger, button, and finish him. Kristen Stewart plays his sister, Catherine Lynn, a pacifist. You know, dude, I myself dabbled in pacifism at one point. Not in Nam, of course. Not in Nam, of course. (laughs) 
who tries to help Billy in his post-traumatic stress and succeeds in lightening his mood with all the lightness of the mood of Kristen Stewart. <laughs> the film is directed by Ang Lee, the visionary director of Life of Pi, an Academy Award-winning director of Brokeback Mountain, and, you know, just the director of Hulk. Mr. McGee, don't make me... Ang Lee. You wouldn't like me when I'm... Ang Lee. <laughs> Lee worked with cinematographer John Toll in 4K Resolution 3D at 120 frames per second, five times the amount of frames from an ordinary movie, to give the film a look that some are calling like when you go over to Grandma's and she's got her TV on that setting that makes everything look like a soap opera. See it in IMAX or the terrorists win. Now, I don't want to be a spoiler, but the one thing I can tell you about the football game on Thanksgiving Day is that the Lions will lose. There you go. That's accurate. Wasn't a spoiler. In the trailer for this movie, I found it interesting that Kristen Stewart's character immediately says, hey, brother so-and-so, and And I think it's because she always looks like she wants to have sex with whoever she's talking to. (laughs) So they're like, wait, 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 it's her brother. (laughs) Right away. Get that out early. Get it out. (laughs) I have a question about this 120 frames per second. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought high high frame, if only there were somebody who made movies in the room to answer the question. (laughs) Uh, I always thought a high frame rate was so you could do slow-mo. Is this whole movie in slow-mo? No. No. That would be cool. The way the way it works that is really, it's a ten hour movie. It, that'd be a long movie. Uh, shooting at 120 frames is only slow mo if you play it back at 24 or less uh, than 120. Gotcha. But if you if you uh, shoot at 120 and you project at 120, then it's you know, so you just see time. everyone's pores now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I supposedly it gives it this incredibly realistic visceral feel because it's just like there's I don't know it's just like there's no flicker of any form. But again, it looks like grandma's well, what did house. Peter Jackson do with the uh, the second with Desolation that of Smog? Forty eight. That was sixty. Half as many as this. I mean, and I did not like that. Yeah. It just it just calls out the special effects. Yeah. We were somewhere recently and we were watching a movie that looked awful, and it was a full on high budget movie with Ryan Reynolds. And I said, Paul, oh, what's yeah. wrong with this well, movie? Well, it was R.I.P.D. Take that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, like a legitimate movie. It yeah. looked just. Oh, they had the motion bad. smoothing on on the television. Yeah, you know, oh, it just it was you awful. gotta fix that if you if you. Yeah, the that. motion smoothing thing is kind of awkward. Oh, it's the worst. It kills the acting too. All of a sudden, they were doing some scene, and you could just see all the acting. And I'm right? gonna say something controversial. Uh oh. I just saw Doctor Strange. And I don't recommend the 3D. Now, oh, you would say, really? this is the one that looks like it should have 3D. Yeah, I would go opposite on that. Yeah, but for me, like, they go through such pains to make the characters look like they're in the environment they're in. When they're yeah. not, they're on a green screen. That when you give them 3D and it's like, hey, let's pull those characters away from the background, you're basically pulling them away from the green screen and making them look singular and away from the background that you've worked so hard to make them be immersed in. Yeah, because you yeah. have to stick and, them in the Inception movie, so you need them to blend. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. I watched that, and it just it, that part uh, took me out a number of times. Oh. I was disappointed. I can't wait to see it flat, though, because they do create such great paintings. Like, I was just watching Guardians of the Galaxy, and those galaxy scapes are just gorgeous. And I, and I think when I finally do see it in 3D again... It won't be as cool as when I've I've seen it in two D so many times now. Yeah, I went for a friend's birthday and I should have just gone two D, but yeah. we'll go three D. Okay, we'll go two D. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, um, that's What'd reverse how I normally do it. I normally do three D the second time. I said, so those are some of the best galaxies. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> great really galaxies. good looking galaxies. Really, seriously, <laughs> if you're looking for galaxies, that's the one to look at. Do you find it interesting what time? Like they released this movie. This week, the week of the election results. And I find that interesting because I've been, they, I'm not kidding, they've been previewing this since July when I saw Ghostbusters. I saw this really? preview. Like you said, over I'm interested in it because it's Oscar over. season. Like yeah. you said, it should not just be in theaters now, but it should also probably already be a Broadway. 
It probably should be a Broadway musical by now because it's been out. And I thought it had been out in DVD and Broadway musical by now, but well, it's not. Well, they might have held it back. They might have originally intended to, do, to release it kind of in an off season because this could fit a number of demographics, but maybe it started getting some buzz and they're like, well, let's push a little closer to Oscar maybe. time, you know? Maybe. Isn't this Flags of Our Fathers? Where they come back, they're paraded around, it's not a all... A little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. That's a good film. Yeah. But I think he does like a lot of surrealistic uh, back and forth, kind of like a little Sam Raimi-style storytelling, where it's like, we're at the game, and then we're flashback. Well, and we're like at the game. Fl- you know. did that too, didn't they? Did yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, never, I didn't see <laughs> yeah. it. <so. laughs> no, worth seeing. But no, that's... I mean... Then yes! It's <laughs> <laughs> Ang Lee, man. You... you Try, I dare you to try and pin him down to a genre. Oh, it's amazing. Cannot. Uh, huh. everything, he's made a comedy, too. Wasn't and he make that comedy with uh, Dimitri Martin taking Woodstock or yeah. something like that? Oh, yeah. He made uh, Lust Caution we have in the back wall here, which is like a noir sort of drama. He's made Life of Pi, which is unexplainable. He didn't yeah. do Smoke, Crouching did he? Tiger. I think that's Wayne Wang. I, think, uh, yeah, I confused him early that on. Is. They yeah, kind of came on the scene. And, uh, blue Wayne the, Wang? Blue in the face. Wayne Wayne. Up names. <laughs> that blue in the face or Wayne Wang. But anyway, so I'll... And Steve Martin is in this. I'm yeah, so I didn't see curious. the trailer. Oh, he's in it, and he's not who I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be the president of the United States. <laughs> oh, no, who is he? He's, he's the like... owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. Uh, well, oh, okay. But he's not playing Jerry Jones. He's playing a fictitious version of an owner of a fictitious football team. Because I don't know if you've seen... Well, you've seen it. No, you haven't seen this. We Wait, the there will be Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders in this? There will be cheerleaders... I don't know if they're Dallas. Either way, I'm yes. in for the 3D. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncopyrighted city kid, uh, yeah. cheerleaders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I hate that. Dallas yeah. Mustang cheerleaders. Look, I'm really shocked that NFL went along with concussion, which made them look so bad. But I, I guess if they didn't, it would have would have yeah. looked worse. Right. But nothing worse than any given Sunday when oh, you have like the, the sharks versus the mosquitoes yeah. or whatever. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> Dolphins, Bills, let's go. And that and that is not a problem that baseball has. Um I think it's easier to come up with phony baseball team uniforms and names mm. than it is with uh, football. For some reason, football just looks so fake when it's a fake name. I always liked the, the ones in the last Boy Scout I always thought were convincing. Yeah. And I, I forget what those teams were. I think it was the Mustangs or something. You know. And then like uniforms like uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now giving credibility to the fake uniforms in movies because those look like fake. <laughs> they do. They look like fake movie that uniforms. That looks like a fake movie <laughs> uniform. <laughs> And Jacksonville and uh, Carolina. Those are both fake movie <laughs> football uniforms. Absolutely. Fake teams, as far as I can tell, too. Yeah. All right, well, let's get on to our next movie, Almost Christmas. Almost Christmas. Let me guess. It's about how department stores keep decorating their stores earlier and earlier every year. No, no. no. Almost Christmas is more like the, uh, the best man's holiday, but with Christmas and an all-black cast. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. Okay. Uh, in Almost Christmas, a young Rolling Stone reporter gets an assignment to interview Santa Claus on tour. I think that's almost famous. Mm, is it? Mm. Boy, wait, I think I have it now. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Almost be, be sure Christ- to change pages. <laughs> yeah, be sure to check that paper. Almost Christmas tells the story of the Myers family on the first Christmas after the death of their mother. To help him grieve, the father, Walter, played by Danny Glover, wants to gather his entire eclectic family and their tense relationships under one roof. What What could possibly go adorable? Karen, let's talk about it. Just when you thought you were getting down about the election, here comes Santa Claus. Psycho C, Santa's workshop. This, and only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer die. You could just staple the horns to their head. Yeah, Staples? Their head. Staples. <laughs> okay, well, Donald Trump is still president, but he has never once denied the existence of heartwarming. Let's see if this movie has its Christmas goose stuffed with all the essentials. Uh, holiday gathering? Check. 
A family in disarray. Check. Snow. Uh, no, sorry. This actually takes place in Alabama. Family nostalgia of holidays past. Check. Do they learn the true meaning of Christmas? Whoa, hey, no what? spoilers. Oh. <laughs> what Walter wants is for his four children to all just get along. Too soon? Yeah. Too soon for a black man to be asking, can we all just get along? Judges? Bart? No? No, no. It's not. Yes. All right, good, good. You know, Paul, this family could stand a visit from Medea. How you doing, America? What can I get for you? Does Santa really work in the North Pole? Uh, no, he don't work. He lays on the couch and he drinks all day. He's trifling. I have to pay all the bills. <laughs> he kind of like your mama. Now, bye. <laughs> Next. I like Medea. <laughs> Why am I the only one? That's not I a like... clip from Almost You are not the only one. That's a very popular <laughs> I movie. I like Medea. <laughs> I sure many of the All beats right. here have been done to death, from J.B. Smooth Griswold fa- <gasps> failing to string oh. lights to somebody screwing up the dinner, but it's a Christmas movie. How would you make a revisionist one anyway? Set it in May in Jerusalem? <laughs> <laughs> Almost Christmas has a diverse cast in every way except race. The mouthy sister-in-law is played by Monique. Walter's daughter, two kids, and husband with an eye for the booty is played by J.B. Smooth. His politician son is played by Romany Malco and... In accordance with African-American ensemble casting statutes, <laughs> Gabriel Union. Oh, and of course, Cousin Eddie. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. <laughs> no doubt this is a functional family. That would be novel, but it's a holiday movie. Then I would be wrong. Yes. Okay. They're dysfunctional, of course. And they'll no doubt all come together. almost Christmas movie season. It is. I should try some new ones this year. I did watch uh, Best Man Holiday last Here's year. Here's one for you. Oh, that's yeah. right. This that worked for me. So, this cast is so good looking that they can wear those ugly sweaters and still look hot. Yeah. I, yeah. They're not Best Man Holiday good looking. No. no. no right? Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Morris Chestnut is not in this Yay. one. <laughs> Tay Diggs. But I do like uh, Danny Glover being the one that, being the Clark Griswold trying to keep uh, the yeah. peace. Hey, 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 Yeah. <laughs> I like watching. I'd like, you know what? I'd watch a movie of just Danny Glover reading Twice a Night Before Christmas. I would, and, and with everybody interrupting him and him trying to keep it together, I would love that. I, I, I was in my cap. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I would see you this. You do That's a pretty fun. good Danny Glover. We, we, we just settled down. What is it? What are you going to make all that noise? I'm going to declare that Paul is underrated for his impersonation of Danny Glover. Uh, you can do a one man show. <laughs> with 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 glove. Why, why you know what's funny? Glover. I was watching the trailer and. Uh, thinking up jokes, right? And he's yeah. like, oh, he's all flustered because everyone's coming <laughs> in the house. And I'm like, well, he's getting too old for this <laughs> And then later he goes, I'm getting too old for this <laughs> The trailer, I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding. You know, one maybe step ahead of me. We should just make a little note for our Christmas special that Paul should do the night before Christmas as Danny Glover. Um, for the Christmas special. Now, well, by the, they better put out another movie. By the way, uh, I, got, I got a request since you do a Danny Glover. Uh, I heard that Danny Glover... <laughs> Suddenly I do a Danny I know, Glover. I know, I uh, know. <laughs> That I heard Danny Glover was uh, cast for the Han Solo, uh, the new Han Solo film. He's playing Lando Calrissian, right? Isn't that Danny Glover for the for the? I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Lobot, get over here! <laughs> oh, is he going to play? Oh, is he going to? Oh, he's going to play Lando. Lando. Oh, I was doing Han Solo lines. You were doing. Uh, uh, what is a Lando line? I don't know. He says Han. Han. <laughs> he's doing. He says Han. This deal's getting worse all the time. Give me that. Wait, 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 wait. This deal's <laughs> getting worse all the time. <laughs> wait, 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 Boba Fett and Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, he's the so best. that's... Um, uh, that's it. You know, this did remind me how much I love Christmas Vacation. And I almost wore my mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation Movie Guys shirt that I wore last week again today because I love it so much. I didn't. You'll be wearing that a lot. I'll, I'll be wearing that, that a lot. lot. I Just love like that the shirt. Ghostbusters onesie you have. I wear that all the time. 
I'm always wearing that damn thing. You are not getting too old for that. No, it's the best <laughs> ever. I love it. Right. A onesie. For our final right. film of the weekend, Naomi Watts gets Ooh. reverse miseried in <laughs> Shut In. <laughs> Considering all the elderly female actors who could have been cast as a shut in, we should applaud Hollywood for going against type. Let's discuss. Watts plays Mary Portman, a child psychologist working with kids in the worst place you can interact with children these days. Any horror movie from this year. <laughs> Mary loses her husband in a texting and driving PSA, which also leaves her to care for their paralyzed and brain-dead son. Oh, so the son was in the car crash too? No, he's just a teenager. Uh, no, actually, he was in the car crash. The uh, after effects of the crash are somewhat in doubt as the level of his awareness of his surroundings seems to ebb and flow. So again, he could just be maybe just be a millennial or something like that. Frustrated with not being able to reach her son, she sees if she can cousin Oliver him. That is to say, trade him in for a younger model. <laughs> the younger model arrives in the form of... Tom! <laughs> a young deaf boy. Maybe she got a discount? I don't know. One invalid son and one emotionally disturbed deaf son. I believe you're on what we call Easy Street now, Mary. She tries to help him in the safest place she can find, a house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> With this many houses containing this many murders and harrowing scenarios out in the middle of nowhere, you'd think at least one of them would be next to one of the others, you know? But when the child turns out to be troubled and runs away into the miles of snowy woods, the clock is ticking for Mary to find him. The authorities declare the runaway boy dead, but Mary isn't so sure. I mean, if he's dead, then who keeps terrorizing her, breaking things, assaulting her son, leaving the toilet seat up, tracking mud through the living room, and drinking straight out of the milk carton? Who, I ask you, evil spirits? Seems hardly likely. Why doesn't she just get a dog, or an alarm system, or security cameras? It's a movie, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure the cell reception's out, too. Yes. Things get really scary for Mary and very confusing for the audience when Mary begins to suspect the ghost of... Tom! ...is haunting her and her son. <laughs> Why would the spirit of a little deaf boy want to seek revenge on the woman whose delinquency and watching him led to her death? Okay, well, that isn't really all that confusing. But what is, is the fact that every tagline we've read for this movie says that Mary has to rescue a young boy before he disappears forever. Which leads us to believe that she is trying to rescue Tom and not her actual son. But I thought Tom was missing and presumed dead. So when they say rescue, do they really mean find? Does she have to find Tom? Because that would make more sense. Tom is played by Jacob Tremblay, who received <laughs> raves for his performance as a little girl in the room. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's both. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. I'm sorry, I mean room, not the room. What is it with Jacob Tremblay getting stuck in a locked space with a beautiful actress in a creepy situation? The film also stars Oliver Platt as a man on the phone. That's both his character and motivation. And the invalid son is played by Charlie Heaton, this year's winner of Most British Birthplace, Bridlington East Riding of Yorkshire, England. But does this really qualify as a horror film? Not to get all Blumhouse up in here, but where's the black goo out of the mouth? Or the twisty body? And where's the creepy, catchy pop song? So many missed opportunities. Shut in. It's another in a long line of thrillers with a similar moral. Don't ever help anyone. There you go. That's... 
Not a lot of buzz about this one. Nah, that's out there. Kinda... Isn't there a creepy version of a song? Oh yeah, there is. Heroes. Heroes. No. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's uh, Billy Lynn. Oh, is it Billy? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Heroes. Yeah, that's what it was. You can't go a week though without creeping out a song. Yeah. We could for one. We could get asthma. It does sound like you two are having some sort of asthma attack. The weird part is Peter Gabriel already creeped that song out years ago. We could be heroes. Oh yeah, you're right. So I don't know. And then he got started looking like like Lex Luthor. Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, he does. Got a you know, uh, having grown up in the middle of nowhere and like a hunting cabin, Ooh, what a good place to have a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up in a horror movie, and I have to tell you, <laughs> there is something about the fact that when people go out to like snowmobile ride or something, and they're not back for a while, you go, hmm. "Could happen." <laughs> they may not be coming back because there's nowhere. I mean, especially when you just sort of see footprints go out into the snow, you're like, but "It's that, dark and creepy." And that was a part of life before all this connectivity yeah people just might not come back they might yeah. not <laughs> I, to think i would just get on my bike and go my I, my parents were cool with that yeah, yeah. i would go for, for hours, hours. Yeah. i would go for hours <laughs> hundreds of acres of woods surrounding our our farmhouse and i would just go it's hey, not kids. a horror movie it's <laughs> friday afternoon hey kids yeah. sometimes you don't come back that's what the, you need to teach you <laughs> have fun go on you might not come back uh, Steve Schultz, contributor to the show would like to point out this is the ongoing series of blonde white women in danger Ah. The shallows, lights out, the forest, crimson peak. Blonde white women are mm. most of the time your observation. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we were gone, uh, when we were gone on our tour with the Bubay sisters, we stayed with Pat and Diane, these wonderful women who put us up up in their ski chalet, which is this real hey, tricked chalet. out, beautiful place. And it was funny because we were in the chalet being treated really well in the woods, and it hadn't snowed, but it could at any time. And it was like that movie with Kathy Bates, but only if everything had gone great. Oh yeah, for I him. That. It's like misery if that was awesome. If it was awesome, <laughs> she would feed us and bring us stuff. There was plenty to do and warm, and there's TVs, a couple of different TVs. It was awesome. Yeah. Although there does, I would be in suspense that at any moment Blofeld will come through and, and you right. know, it's ski chalet. You know, it's, like, it's, it's a Blofeld opportunity if I've ever heard one. We were sure that we had died and gone to heaven. The Boubets and I kept looking at each other going, did we get in a plane crash? Because this is too fantastic. But I do have to tell you, uh, this is completes a weekend of movies that I'd see any of them. I'd see this. You'd see all of these movies? I'd see the, oh, well, the long walk. Well, you know what? Actually, the fact that it does long walk. You know, we goof on it, but the fact that it doesn't have the uh, black goo and the bending over backwards. No. I mean, I wonder what kind of interesting little tricks this movie will have as a horror film. Hopefully something new. Gotta have tricks. We'll Gotta have tricks. Yeah. Gotta have tricks. All right, enough new tricks movies. Are for kids. Let's get on to our guest segment. We'll take Yay! 10 seconds of break and be right back with the co-director of the documentary, Tickled, David Ferrier. Stay with us. A new movie. <laughs> We are back. Ten seconds at the most, probably, for our listener, right? Absolutely. We did a whole five-minute change-around, and now we've brought in our guest. Just enough time to advertise Squarespace, or uh, who do we... Uh, <laughs> yeah. If anybody's listening... We should. we got to get them on board. <laughs> uh, we have a TV Mac journalist Weldon. with us, a TV journalist from New Zealand, whose deep dive into his story got him curious about the underground world of competitive endurance tickling, what? which led him to co-directing the documentary Tickled on VOD Now, David Ferrier! Yeah. Oh. Thank you guys. 
And I think I speak for everyone when I say they have TV in New Zealand. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> we've got like we've got the internet as well. We just got this. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So how's Facebook? Uh, Facebook is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, Facebook has taken on a whole scary new sort of side being here in America at the moment, um, just oh, with yeah. this whole election thing, just seeing, you know, I, I've discovered that I live in a very little leftist bubble on Facebook, <laughs> yes. and uh, uh, it's a bit of a shock. I wouldn't know about living in a leftist bubble. I am um, in Los Angeles, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what would you know about that, right? Yeah. And, and what is, ten, let's say it's 10 o'clock here, 10 p.m. Mm. There now it's... It'll be about 5 p.m. tomorrow. Oh. And you flew in? Oh. Yeah, for a whole week of uh, shenanigans. Um, yeah, movie? I'm here for a couple of weeks, um, sort of talking about the film a little bit and just experiencing things in LA. Um, what have you got here? Starbucks. Are uh, you writing this whole thing off? This whole yeah, thing's a write off or whatever. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I'm just gallivanting. The whole reason that I made this documentary was so I could just sort of travel around for free <laughs> around the world. That's the I, only reason I did it. I well, like rock- how you think. Go to In and Out Burger, of course. <laughs> That's what. Uh, oh, delicious. <laughs> rock stars <laughs> make bands to yeah. meet girls, right? right? Well, Adam Sandler decides to shoot a movie wherever he wants. A vacation. Let's go to Africa. Oh, Let's go to Hawaii. God. Yeah. Adam Is this your first time to Hollywood? Uh, no, I've been here okay, a few times now. You know, I love it. I love LA. I love the ridiculousness of it. Uh, I, I do adore this place. You do have yeah. a great shot in the documentary. Oh, we'll have to back up and talk about mm. this. Yeah. But when he does go to the shot of Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard with the slow-mo the Spider-Man, yes. I'm like, it just captured Hollywood Boulevard in a way I don't it usually was, see. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a very stressful. When you talk about that, it brings back horrible memories because I was driving <laughs> I was driving the van incredibly slowly yeah. as Dom, our DP, shot out the side. So I was just, during that peaceful shot, I was having people just tooting at me, abusing me, because I was driving yeah. about like five miles an hour down the road. And they anyway. have to be used to it. Come on. Oh, There's I tourists know. all Everybody. over. Everybody. I mean, yeah. what was so great about that shot was it's obviously filmed within the last year because you have um, you have your so Spider-Man and everything, but mm-hmm. you also have the girl from Frozen. Yeah. Oh, the that's true. Fro- the, <laughs> and the snowman. Oh, you're snow good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Well, because yeah, we're yeah. used to the, we all know the crazies <laughs> that are hanging there, but you had some of the more up-to-date crazies. I can't so. help but know when movies are shot by the movie posters that might be in their Times Square scene. <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah. it is. Always gets you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But let's play a little clip, uh, and then you can go into further detail beyond the clip as to what the film is about. For those of you who don't know, we all saw it. We love it. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> Very <laughs> very interesting. It's, it's very unique. Yeah, it's really good. I've made a career out of looking at the weird and bizarre side of life. Uh, yeah. oh, it's quite a kick. So when I discovered a strange video online, I knew I'd found my next story. CET, competitive endurance tickling group we got here. Competitive endurance tickling. <laughs> it was one of the strangest sports I'd seen. So I told Jane O'Brien Media I'd like to do an interview. Instead of getting a yes or no, I got this. Association with a homosexual journalist is not something we will embrace. Shame on you. Little gay Kiwis. Regards, Jane O'Brien Media. It was hard to take the insult seriously, considering the sport did seem slightly <laughs> gay. Slightly? Slightly gay. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I, I, I don't want to start off on a negative note here, uh, but I have, I, I, oh, here I, we go. I'd, I'd like to get the criticism <laughs> out. You never quite explain the rules of competitive <laughs> tickling, <laughs> uh, so I'm a little lost the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, that sort of mystified, you know, me and the whole team as well, because, you know, it's a competition, and <laughs> it's a competition. The, main thing, the main thing that makes anyone that is viewing these videos think it's a competition is they're all in Adidas sport. 
sportswear. Yeah. And it's all like official sportswear. So it's not like wow. they're in pajamas or they're in like weird outfits. It's like it looks like a soccer team or a football team or whatever sports you have in Those America. Those are the same thing <laughs> where you come from. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, but as far as rules beyond that, there were teams, but scoring was super unclear. Who was a winner? Who was a loser? All Hold that kind on of a thing. second. I was being flippant. There is literally a story. <laughs> I thought it was just being called a competitive sport, no, but it was like, clearly just yeah, a fetish it, video. It, yeah, but I they mean, add players. That's yeah, how I added my head. There were cuts where the they add another person tickling, another person tickling, yeah. then one person gets a feet, and I'm like, oh, okay. And After a minute, another yeah. person comes, another person comes until they say, And Uncle. these gentlemen <laughs> who are competing are clearly athletic build. That's the other thing. They you know, all the good. guys in this looked like either athletes or models. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, so there was that element to it as well. But, it, you know, I, I, we, we doubted when we first saw those videos, we, we weren't sure what we were seeing. Like, I think anyone that watches these competitive endurance tickling videos, it's you're mystified because, like, is this some strange outfits idea of a sport? Like, like ultimate frisbee or something like that. Yeah. That seems strange to me as a New Zealander, like seeing stuff like that. Right. Why wouldn't tickling be some weird little niche sport they're trying to start? Now, I do have to say that the uh, there's a lot of these videos up online and they get put up and taken down and moved around mm. in all sorts yep. of media. I-, I know how hard it is to load one video up. This These people are really proficient at putting these things up and down and setting up websites and all this. Yeah, I mean, when, when we, we, download, we downloaded, when we started this thing, we knew something was up. Um, yeah. Dylan wrote a bit of code that sort of downloaded every video available. Dylan's so if it all dropped your, offline, we've had it. There were 600 videos on one channel, and there were multiple channels. Dude, that's a lot of work. We've all yeah. been to YouTube. It's pain in the butt. Yeah, and when you consider, like, these competitive endurance tickling videos, you know, there's, say there's six guys in a video. Each one of them is being paid at least $1,500 cash to take part. Plus, they're not even from L.A., so they were being flown in from all over the world, like places like New Zealand. All their flights were covered. Their hotels were covered. And so the other thing that made me think... Okay, Okay, something legitimate is happening is that there is money behind it. Right. These aren't basement videos. This is like they're in a photography studio. It's really well lit. They're in Adidas sportswear and they're being paid really well. So what's up? Well, just like uh, the Chinese are known for their ping pong, everyone knows the best ticklers come from New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Or Muskegon, Michigan. Or Muskegon, Michigan. Yeah, all that. Which I lived in Muskegon, Michigan, and that really freaked me out. Oh, no way. Only for a couple of weeks until I broke my foot. I was dancing in some sort of show. But I got to tell you, when I was there, we would drive every day uh, past the rehearsal studio to go to where we were performing, and there was a strip club, and I remember they were always looking for dancers, and I was like, if I need to make some extra money, I could do that. Thank God I broke my foot and got out of there. (laughs) Who knows? I could have got a job, still be in Muskegon doing tickle videos. Still be getting tickled. Right. And I have to say, to anybody who's listening this far, are you interested in learning more? (laughs) Because that is the brilliant thing about this. Because I I also went in thinking, oh, this is like the, there's like an air guitar documentary, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, they, they kind of uh, have some documentaries like that. So I thought, oh, this is going to be a hilarious. And then it starts to, <laughs> the story starts to unfold and unfold it does. Well, I get to say this and I haven't been able to say this in a while. This is not the movie I thought it was going to be. <laughs> in a good way. In a very good way. Yeah. yeah. So way. whatever Adam had just said about being intrigued and your interest mm-hmm. being piqued, it's, it should be, and it's going to go in a direction you are not prepared or expecting and, at all. And I think that, Bart, to even go on your thought, is that David's a real journalist. So you actually 
were doing stories like uh, in the beginning of the video we get to see where you were experiencing like some sort of aerial act and you had done yeah that. I mean in, in New Zealand I've been like uh, a it's like news culture. of the weird right yeah. yeah news of the weird so I, I work yeah. in a, I worked in a newsroom in New Zealand for about ten years so it was a newsroom that did news you know we had worked on a six o'clock news show and our nighttime news show and our morning news show but I would tend to do the stories that were um, human interest you know water but, skiing but, but, yeah towards the more extreme though like and the joy of New Zealand is we are pretty loose on what we let on TV and my station particularly is loose and so you know I could go off and meet a, a, a sort of a, a crazy survivalist in some small that town guy eating the like the yeah the guy that ate stuff. a frog and stuff oh. you know so you, know, like, you kind of could... reminded me of Bridget Jones in the first movie whenever she's taken on that job she's <laughs> on the pole I've never seen that film oh my god I've she never totally seen knows it. what you're doing yeah, she right. takes on crazy stories I'm New Zealand Bridget Jones mm-hmm. <laughs> all right <laughs> some, okay you have that going for you <laughs> but yeah I've done that so this this was going to be another you know a story for me a two minute story on the news I thought oh my goodness there's been New Zealanders being flown to LA to tickle mm-hmm and you get this response to your that was seriously the response to the first yes. communication with them. That response was amazing. That is amazing. amazing. Yeah, that that really hey, I mean, we want to do this fun story. Yeah, then. that that response was, you know, I think without that response there wouldn't be a documentary because yeah. I I emailed them originally. I emailed Jane and Brian Media and I said, "Hey, you run this tickling competition. I'm a light entertainment journalist in New Zealand. I'd love to interview you." And I didn't hear back. I got a, a weird email back actually saying we need to check with our legal department first. And that was a sort of a warning of things to come. But I heard nothing for about a week. And then about a week later, because I worked on other stories, and then I came back to it. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll post something on their Facebook wall and say, you know, are there any competitors or organizers here that could comment on this? Get in touch with me. And their comment back from Jane O'Brien Media's um, PR person, Debbie, was we basically, it was a, a bit of a rant. And then we, we don't want to deal with, with a homosexual journalist that was and I, I was like what that, <laughs> already calling names yeah it was like, a, it was like a sort of a sort of strange sort of insult um b they'd obviously been googling me a little bit and found out because i'm on tv in new zealand I, there's a few things written about me and so they would have been googling me and you know c this is they're making man on man tickling videos yeah. <laughs> you know like there's it's nothing like, not gay about no that. and so to take exception Judge of not. a gay journalist <laughs> being into anything let alone this was just the most bizarre thing well in all fairness to them maybe they just did the math and assumed you were gay because you were watching gay guys tickle all the gay guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe maybe <laughs> yeah, this is a good, this is a good point two plus one plus one. really jumping to conclusions here and so yeah. your co-director's name is Dylan yeah Dylan Reeve Reeve that's he's right he's awesome so, yeah Dylan's great so Dylan yeah. I mean I, I didn't even know Dylan that well before this we were Facebook friends and Twitter friends and we'd met once before at um, Kim.com's house of all people um, Kim.com if you google his name he's a very fascinating uh, German character who lives in New Zealand um, he's involved in this huge piracy game and it's just oh, wow. the, the US government's trying to um, extradite him and all sorts of things anyway um, Dylan and I had only met once and then I posted a screen grab of Jane O'Brien Media's response saying they didn't want to deal with a gay journalist and Dylan saw that on my Facebook wall and he's you know he's at work in his office and he thought this is odd I'm going to start poking around and so I was blogging about it on my news website about all this crazy stuff that was going on and Dylan started blogging too. And so very organically, we became interested in the same thing. And um, as things got crazier, we we met at my place for pizza and <laughs> sort of said, you know, would you like it. to do a Kickstarter together and try and raise some money to start actually to maybe, maybe we can go to America and poke around a bit more instead of being stranded, you know, 12 hours away in New Zealand. And that's what we did. Wow. Now, when I was watching this, um, I was thinking to myself, 
Well, two thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money, and I've done a couple of push-ups. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I, I might, I might be able to make this happen. But my concern was, I wonder if you uh, talk to anyone who just after a while of doing this, maybe they've played the sport so long that they just become immune to tickling. Yeah, I mean, so no, that would be my big fear is that ah, I'm done being tickled. Yeah, because part of the thing, what what you need if you apply to be a competitive endurance tickler, you do need to be ticklish. They they don't want you to be faking laughter. So you need to be ticklish. The people I admit, I think if you're ticklish, you stay ticklish. Especially if you're, all these people are tired down when they're being tickled. Ugh. So, I mean, we should explain what competitive endurance tickling is. You know, one person, <laughs> a, a athletic, good-looking young man, Usually. is strapped down on a mattress in the middle of a photography studio. It's all really well lit. And then other guys yeah, come shackled in. Shackled feet and, uh, yeah. and, and arms. Yeah, the yeah. alarm bell's there, yeah, right? Yeah. Alarm bell's there. Oh and then, <laughs> and then um, other competitors come in and start tickling you. That's what competitive tickling is. But, I, you know, when you're strapped down, like, it, it, you, it, it's because you can't get away, that tickling sensation is all the more stronger. And it, it's pretty horrible. It's torturous. By it's, torture. the it's, it's tickle yeah. torture. I, yeah. I'm surprised no one peed. I kept waiting for someone to pee their pants. Yeah, that would be a whole other fetish. Well, because when you get, you know, <laughs> you get tickles, got to pay extra for that. To your pee. <laughs> We've all been. Is that just a girl thing? Because no, girls no. will no, pee. No, 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 no. If you're tickled, you know, I, yeah. yeah I, as yeah. part of making this film, I, I was tickled for ten minutes, and I think if I'd had a full bladder, I would have peed. Because right? you lose every, you lose control. Like your muscle, you, it's, it's crazy. Hmm. Oh. Wow. So you nonstop. Just straight tickle for 10 Yeah, there minutes. are a few pauses. I mean, the guy that was tickling me, was he, he was a professional tickler. And uh, he went, you know, he saw when I was getting exhausted and he'd stop. But it's awful. It is exhausting. I was sore for days because every muscle in your body is at some point is tightening up to try and get away from it. Did you enjoy any of it? No, it was awful. Yeah. You know, another awful. thing I noticed uh, after watching it a couple of times, because they show a couple of different, um, I don't know if you call them Scenarios. rounds. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the, the people in the first inning, the people are um, not doing any erotic tickling. They're not touching nipples or going in between the legs or anything. It's, just... it's under the pits, on the tummy, around the side, and on the feet. And I thought that was so fascinating because mm. if it were kind of like kitschy, sketchy. Kitschy, goo type stuff, right? Yeah, like it was little... like little yeah. baby stuff. And I was like, they're not even doing... It's creepy, but they're not doing creepy. Did That's... you feel you wanted more? I needed some more. I needed more nipple... <laughs> Tickling. You know, that's know. the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't obviously sexual. Like there was no. no it wasn't. You know, you what you, you think? Oh, it's got to be some sort of fetish. Yes. And you know, it, it is fetish content. They are. They don't know they're making this fetish content. I but yield they the are. remainder of my time to Bart. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but it's not obviously fetish. You know, they're not touching nipples and genitals no. and breasts and bums. It's all. You know. It's very odd. Very. I have a patent pending moment yeah. where where I think we should uh, we should take this idea and run with it and turn it into like big time wrestling because I've already got the name of the of the big villain. Lay it on me. Get you get you goo. <laughs> he is, he's the he's the superstar of competitive triple G t- triple G uh, yeah, get triple you, get G you. professional tickling. Is he really? You know me, Gene. He's the triple H. Of the <laughs> the triple H. <laughs> now I have to say this meets. Uh, I did not realize I had a standard for documentaries until I watched this and I realized this falls in line with some of my favorites. Like capturing the Freedmen's or fistful of, uh, quarters, uh, you know the donkey, King of Kong. Uh, that you know, what happens is you start watching this and and you go, what? <laughs> and then you have to watch more, and then you go, wait, what? And then eventually you reach what the. F- <laughs> like it just unfolds in such an amazing way, which I don't know if that takes us to spoiler territory as we start getting into some other aspects. Uh, we'll we'll have he, spoiler. I'll tell you now. We'll in a few minutes here. We'll have spoiler 
talk that we'll post at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but keep going for now. There's a couple times in this where you you get close to the flame. I'll say it very close Michael the, Moore. You get in the scene. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few moments where Dylan and I and our and our soundy and and DP we do have to um, go and try and meet people that have made it incredibly clear that they don't want to be. Mm-hmm don't want to talk to us, let alone talk to us on camera. So that happens in New Zealand, it happens in LA, and it happens in New York. And, yes, it's weird because being from New Zealand, um, you know, starting work in a newsroom, I I have had to do the odd confrontational thing. As a cadet in a newsroom, Mm -hmm. you get sent, like, you've got to go and meet this person and just, uh, you know, get some reaction from them. And that's awkward and weird. And I think on some level prepared me for it. But I guess the thing with doing that in America, I mean, for me, America... It does seem scarier in a way, I guess, to New Zealand because even we just all the have fact guns. that's the thing. Like in New Zealand, we have incredibly strict um, gun control. Like guns aren't really a thing. We don't even think about them. And if I went, you know, I've door knocked a, a, a gang headquarters in New Zealand, and I was never really that worried. Mm. Like the worst I could expect really would be like a punch in the face, right? Whereas in America, like you know, people do have guns, and uh, you know, you wonder like are they going to pull them out of their glove compartment? You cut or, some, of, you cut them off in traffic, and it could be your yeah, ass. totally. So now. It was so, so that confrontational stuff. It was in the back of my head. I was probably yeah. I was pretty concerned so at times. Beyond, I'm sorry. Beyond that, mm-hmm. beyond just the social mores of what it's like to make a documentary in this culture versus that culture, did you really give much consideration to the legalities of it? Because there are some shots in there where I thought, well, you didn't have the permit for that, and there's no way you should be shooting that. Oh yeah, and, big time. Yeah, and, we, yeah. And not to get into the spoiler territory, but there are legal issues that you're dealing with in this movie. That when I was watching the movie, I really thought to myself, "Why are you sweating that? That's really not a big deal." But you, but you as the filmmaker about doing the subject, were very concerned with what these letters were saying and how they were being delivered to you. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of concern shooting it because you know pretty early on, and we can talk about this more in spoilers. But you know, Jane O'Brien Media made it abundantly clear to Dylan and I that they didn't want a film made about them, and to the point where they had already retained legal counsel in the United States and New Zealand, so they covered both countries. Um, and so obviously we knew we wanted to shoot this film that people would, that we wanted to put out there in the world, whether it was going to be online or in cinemas or somewhere. And, you know, we didn't want to get sued. And so, yeah, it was complicated because we knew that every, not just the rules of what we could shoot and who we could record and who we could, you know, all that stuff, not just in America, but in each state, because each state has different rules and there's different rules. If you're going to call someone and record that conversation, you've got to find out where, where they are, where you are. It's really, so we just did our research. Which uh, my wow. uh, this is not a spoiler moment because this mm. is about the first fifteen minutes of the movie or so. I absolutely love when they send their representatives that, for the lawsuit to Amer. Uh, what airport is that? They were in Auckland, New Zealand. Is that in New, New Zealand? Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they came to us. He he has a giant colorful sign to welcome them. Why not? They do not want to be shot. There is a camera crew and they walk up and it is brilliant. It's just so really awkward. Really awkward. Well, but they're yeah, not I'm, pixelated. I'm no, like I'm, and and they're angry at you yeah i mean i'm really proud of that scene because really you know great. initially when when jane o'brien media learned that we were making a film they they you know as i say they hired lawyers and we got emails from lawyers and and then letters that were dropped off to me in new zealand by private investigators oh, and that wow. kind of thing it was, it was incredible and this was in a couple of weeks of stumbling upon it so it got fairly scary fairly quickly um and then but when it sort of changed and dylan and i knew we had a, a, a film is when they physically sent three representatives all the way from America to New Zealand because that's they're investing money in this now. Mm-hmm. Um, they mean business. We didn't really know why they were coming. And so, you know, they, they told us what day they were arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just went out there 
for when the first flight from LA arrived, which was about, um, you know, it starts arriving at about 5.30 a.m. and goes through till about, I think the last flight arrives at 10.30 p.m. or something like that. So I was just going to wait there all day. There's a cafe there. I can wait. <laughs> You're um, very patient. You wait a couple they, of times. Yeah, the they movie. arrived, fortunately for me, on the first flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, because they'd been... Good job getting up early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it made it worthwhile. But, you know, because this company had been so aggressive, I, I thought, you know, why not just yeah. make up the gayest, most obnoxious <laughs> sign, <laughs> welcome great. sign available? And yeah, we filmed them. And, you know, there's this thing in New Zealand, we've got a one-party system where only one person in that party has to know that you're recording. Nice. That party was yeah. me. So I can, ah. I got, you know, I got permission <laughs> from the airport to be there filming. I called <laughs> up the airport and said, I'm going to be filming you. They said, okay. I've done that a million. I mean, I did that when Justin Bieber arrived at the airport. Uh-huh. You know, that's what you do. You call up. So you have permission to shoot there. And yeah, that's why we, we didn't pixelate those guys. How yeah. does nobody wow. know you're filming? Sorry? How does nobody know you're filming? Yeah, somebody filming should know they're filming. Right. The person yeah. filming is always... <laughs> I mean, you're going to have this one. This is a great out. One person needs now, to know, the guy with the right. camera. No, that's so, the thing. No, it does create issues. In news. We've had some amazing sort of privacy um, cases between... We've got a famous thing, that the teacup um, tapes that you, you should Google that. It's this... Uh, someone was being recorded and they didn't know they were being recorded. They're a politician, but there was this whole big court case around it. But yeah, as long as one of you knows you're being recorded, it's you can it's fine. I always I, like in a Michael Moore movie when it says, we don't want you filming. Okay, stop filming. And then it just doesn't stop filming. <laughs> yeah, it just keep going. He just turns the light off. <laughs> yeah. All right, so David, yeah. so you, you find out that you have this movie. This is, I mean, it's starting to happen, and you're like, wow, this is a movie. So how do you get the funding at that point? Did you have a funding? Did you have to get private funding? What happened yeah, initially, as far as like being a filmmaker now at this yeah, point? Yeah, initially, we, Dylan and I knew that we needed We knew there was a competitive tickling shoot happening in L.A., and th- that was secretive. Like only competitors knew like exact dates and times. So we knew from someone on the inside about exactly when a shoot was happening. So okay, we've got a month to get to America and make this right. happen. And so we went straight to Kickstarter, um, and we raised. We I think our target was twenty five thousand dollars, and we reached twenty nine thousand. Nice. And so we got to that target. And we um, got some really amazing friends of ours to shoot and come with us and help. And we just went there and we shot for about three weeks. Yeah, because at one point in the movie, there's a funding question from your producer. So I was wondering mm. who that was. Was that some new producing money or was that the Yeah, no, that was, that was new money later. So we okay. did that first trip. We shot for three weeks. We came back to New Zealand, regrouped, okay. realized that the story was a lot bigger than we thought um, and then um, I went to the New Zealand Film Commission. Um, it's a it's a government body that gives um, filmmakers money. If the I wish I could enough. have watched you explain to them. Oh, it was quite <laughs> something. What was happening? Yeah, it was quite. It was very. Oh, it was very. Um, yeah, it was a very yeah. odd discussion. So Third why do you need money left? again? <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. And oh my th- god. This is this documentary also does one of my favorite things that can happen in a movie, which is that the actual plot and 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 the intrigue continues in a, in a certain way on a certain level and the way you we've been explaining it here this sounds like a james bond movie this sounds like yeah. and you realize this is all about competitive tickling at any moment it, in this intrigue we're describing yeah, no. it is about competitive tickling that's br- i love that yeah so we, we all had to remind so ourselves of that because it did get really stressful at times yeah. but we would just we sometimes we would do just that we'd look at each other and just go guys it's tickling <laughs> we're making a film about tickling let's all relax and keep going that's the brilliance yeah. of it okay so it gets done and you go on a festival run yeah first 
movie you've ever directed and you get in Sundance. Nice. Oh. Well, of course. Well, yeah. of course. Look this at this is movie. awesome. Yeah. No, that was absolutely because I mean, yeah, that was it's, I mean, it was one of the best moments of my life was getting that acceptance letter because it was some you know, we it just felt it, it confirmed what we'd because we'd poured ourselves into this for so long. And being able to exhibit it was amazing, and and at sun, I mean, come on, it's Sundance, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this is a, right. this is a dream, and yeah, it was great. And uh, your distributor is the, is the distributor you want, I would yeah. think, right? Magnolia yeah. Pictures, yeah, Magnolia, Magnolia um, came on board, and HBO Films came on board. Yeah. So you know, we're out um, at the moment digitally, but I think next year, early next year, we'll be on HBO, which is a whole other audience again. Oh, oh, so I'm pretty, ex- it's pretty exciting. Crazy. To follow along from here, uh, the tickled website for the film yeah, yeah tickledmovie.com um and that has i mean it's got all links to our social i mean dylan and i are both on twitter and facebook so if, you, if anyone's got any questions they're more than welcome to hit us up and apparently there's a big um, tickle following that we can ask questions about where david's ticklish oh yeah i was just saying since since because because tickling as a fetish is part of this film i was just saying on on twitter i get you know at least once a day someone not from this terrible tickling world but you know legitimate people who love tickling will say oh can i ask you a question and i'll be like yeah sure and they're like where are you ticklish? And they're ah! all over the ever like tickling is a big fetish and people that are into it love hitting you up and just they just want to know where you're ticklish and it how ticklish you are. It didn't occur to me till just yeah. now. We are going to get a lot of views on this. If you guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you guys tweet about it, if you guys tweet about it and mention tickling or the fetish or anything, yeah. you will start hearing from the odd person who's Amazing. like, Oh, if they like your profile pic and they're into you, they'll want to know where you're ticklish, how ticklish you are. <laughs> well, you're very handsome. I don't It'll know. It'll happen. I don't know about us. We may not be ticklish. It'll happen. Speak for yourself. I, if I don't get a thousand hits before <laughs> the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen, tickle Bart. <laughs> tickle Bart. We got to get him to keep watching. Well, all right. So real quick around the table, where are we ticklish? I know I can't stand that thing where you squeeze right above the knee. Can't oh, take awful, that. Oh, awful, awful. Can't take it. Paul? I'm that. I'm yeah, that. That's mm. crazy. Uh, like right behind the armpits, like this little area right oh, there. Yeah, oh, yeah, when people kill, okay. people kill mm. behind me and do that. Oh, I go crazy. <laughs> My guess yeah. is Bart's not ticklish. No, uh, ball sack and everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and starting with the ball sack, and then just and then to toe. And just move out from there. All right, spread out from there. So uh, let me ask you a question that we ask everyone who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Yeah, this is tricky because I think in different contexts, it's different things. You know, I think if I was stranded on an island and I only had one film, I don't know if I'd take my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, you take something you want to watch you know over I mean? and over, take, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. But no, my, my favorite film, the, the thing that made a huge impact on me because of my age at the time and what I've been exposed to already was, um, it's on that pillow over there, Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, all right. Yeah, because I was 13 movie. when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just it absolutely blew my mind about what films could be. It just made me feel like I'd never felt before, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was huge. And it's you know one of the actually one of the cool things about um, Tickled is that Sam Neill, um, Dr. Alan Grant, came to our mm-hmm. Sundance screening, oh, and cool. he gave me a big hug at the end. How cool! For yeah, you. so That's that awesome. was pretty. That was pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, Jurassic Park. But if, if I was going to take. There's so many films. I mean, I, I love big blockbusters. I love Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I love Alien. Um, I love Terminator 2. All those big, yes. mm-hmm. all those big 90s sort of esque films. With um, a I giant adore. quality to them. Jurassic Park is yeah. a Spielbergy, filmy. I mean, he's yeah. all over that. And then James Cameron. I mean, the, the Aliens and Terminator 2. I mean, eh, these are Huge. just well crafted entertainments. Now, with you know? that, you have already seen Arrival as well, yeah. Yeah, Arrival. Yeah, Arrival blew my mind. And Sicario is is I I adore Sicario. I've watched mm-hmm. it many 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 times. Um, but no, I love films generally. I love films that are like 
almost the opposite to Jurassic Park. Like, I love just very quiet, gentle films. Like Upstream Color is probably a movie that I would take to an island. It's almost just like a bit of weird art. It's just like you, you take I've from it what that. you what want. What is Upstream Color? Um, Upstream, it's Shane Carruth. He did Primer, um, which oh. is an amazing bit of sci-fi. And if you haven't seen either of those films, like you'd love them. Um, and Shane actually kindly um, gave us some of the music from Upstream Color to use in Tickled, oh, which cool. was kind of neat. Um, so, you know, and yeah, I, I like, and so Arrival, um, I just, it was like a real slow build and it's just like full of sort of dread and menace and, and then the unknown. And I, I really love that. Yeah. I'm big fan. Yeah, and that score, the score for, yeah, the score for Sicario and um, Arrival were just so, so big. Those, those, those scores are amazing for yeah, both those Yeah, he's got an interesting way, uh, Yo, again, Johan Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of, Creating an atmosphere and not being really anthemic is that the word? No, yeah, no, there's no big, there's no big, yeah, there's no big moment, but it's like it builds and it just gets huge. Yeah, so huge. Well, that's yeah. how the Jurassic Park music is too, though, right? Well, he's got no, that's a, William's got a theme though. Uh, you know, that's yeah, true. That's absolutely. true. That's big old mm. William's horns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, before we uh, get on to the final mm-hmm. part of our show, just for Karen, you've interviewed Carl Pilkington. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I love Carl. Carl Pilkington. Yeah, oh my was, gosh! Yeah, I love I, Ricky Gervais and all those guys. Yeah, because oh I yeah he just put out his first um, book, so this was before all his TV shows. So it was before he was kind of everywhere. But I'd, I'd I mean, I'd listen to um, him when he was back on XFM when he was was literally a producer, and he would just chip in two or three times during a show. And then obviously the podcast came out where he was a key player. And then so he really book- was discovered by Ricky Gervais. Oh no, that's all legit. A, yeah, like, that's legit. There's this that's amazing, a if, if you, yeah. there's, a comp, there's a compilation. Someone's basically edited up all the voice breaks from when he was on XFM, when Ricky had just started in the office, but was still hmm. working at XFM um, with Steven. And um, Carl was literally the producer. And he wow. would just occasionally chime in like completely off mic. Um, and then, so I knew him from that. Then I knew him from uh, from the podcast. And then he just put out his first book. And I was going to London for something else. And as I say, I was a, a light entertainment reporter. And I thought, let's do an interview with Carl. And he is Carl. He, <laughs> he's, he's that guy. That's great. Yeah. My, that's that's, seems that's too good perfect. to know, actually. My yeah. favorite moment that. whenever he had to do that. I f- say had to do because I feel like Ricky made him do the travel show. I love the moment where he goes to, I can't remember what, wherever, he went somewhere exotic, and they had him um, stay, there's these huge palaces that are built into the brick and the wall and the mountain, and they're amazing, and they're gorgeous, but then right across from them are these hovels that people live in caves, and they're just nasty, (laughs) and so they asked Carl, they let him stay in the caves, and then they let him stay at the big fancy place, and they said, where would you rather live? And he said, well, I'd rather live in the cave because the view's better. Because <laughs> he can see the Because he can see yeah, the palace. That's I Carl. thought that was amazing. Yeah, that's the that way Carl's brain own. works. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, he's pretty incredible. Amazing. Uh, all right. Oh, and lastly, what is cryptozoology? Oh, yeah, cryptozoology, it's the science and the study of hidden animals. So it's it's basically people who love Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, I've heard I, that term before, but yeah, you have a podcast about Yeah, that. yeah, I, I do a very occasional, very... Uh, this podcast, watching you guys perform is really great and slick, and I'm going to take some tips away from this right because on. the podcast awesome. I do with The Cryptid Factor is very, very loose, and it's basically we just do it on the phone with our friends. Um, I do it with Reese Darby, who's an a, a, a yeah. actor and comic from New Zealand. But I we both, Reese Darby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we're, we're both... Present- He's flight of the yeah flight of the, the Concords, Mari, and is in a mold. Awesome. He was in the X Files reboot. He's in all sorts yeah. of things. 
You um, do your podcast at three star. Yeah, yeah. Reese and I blow that off like well, it's just, no big deal. Yeah. No well, yes. we just do our That's New Zealand. Like we all know each other, you know. But no, no. Reese is Reese is like a really good friend. He's and, great. He's and now we we both um, adore cryptozoology, which is you know it's just it's just reading and finding out and trying to go on expeditions to find um, these creatures. You know, I went to the Mongolia to try and find the Mongolian death room about five years ago. And, do you, you watch know, Finding Bigfoot? It's, um, I actually don't. I no, 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 it is. It's, it's, it's really good know, TV. Here's what I know about that show. They are never going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will Spoiler watch alert. every is it, episode. Yeah. Isn't there some really yeah. cool animal in Mexico? Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. Have you yeah. found that? Yeah, you've got the tube. There's a version of the Chupacabra up in Texas as well. Oh, um, so you've got it here in the United States. I always say a future documentary, maybe. Yeah, potentially. I'm not, I'd, I'd love to do something with cryptozoology. I mean, it's the the people. It's the people that are into it and they're, they're passionate about it that I that I adore. I feel like whenever you see Bill Murray, it's like seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> Because you know, like you just sighting, right? You Rare. never know yeah. when you're going to run into him. Then he yeah. just disappears. You're like, I don't believe it. Remember, you saw Adam interviewed him for something, and they were like, Bill Murray's going to show up for like ten minutes. It was, and you like just that. wait, and you're like, you just wait. Will he? And then you are quiet, so you don't scare him off. <laughs> and then so he it is just up. like that because he's got he's not like no no publicist or agent, right? He'll just right. show up exactly. where you're being told he'll show. Yeah, you just kind of it hope works. it works out, and then he comes, and then he is there, and then he goes away, and you're like. Was he just here? What did that happen? Did that yeah. happen? Check the footage. <laughs> like Paul and I were at a party and he was there and we were real careful not to get too close because if you took a picture with him, he'd run away. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, there's Bill Murray, but don't look at him, but get close to him. Okay. And then I was dancing with him, but then I didn't want to take a picture because then he'd run off in the woods, you know? He's, such, he's such a fascinating figure in Hollywood. Like he really, there's no right. one else like him. No. Like there really isn't. And there nobody aren't, doesn't uh, like him. Yeah. That's <laughs> so interesting. Yeah who, yeah. who would ever say a bad word about that guy, right? Mm -hmm. But there aren't as many Bill Murray sightings as people think because a right. lot of times it's Snuffleupagus. And they don't, <laughs> they, they confuse true. the two. All right, Carol. Let's uh, wrap up the show here with the uh, your grand finale. I know. Talk Karen's, about Bill Murray. Oh, Karen's look no. at the birthdays of the people Karen, who, who make the movies. Karen, who will be playing a cryptozoologist that's, in her next movie. Totally Karen's true. birthdays. Take it away. That's Leave right. Birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Let's wish our uh, startup by wishing a happy birthday to Miss Emma Stone. Ooh, please yes. do. <laughs> who turns 28, but she can play anywhere from a redhead to a natural blonde. She's actually blonde. Mm -hmm. Very exciting news for everyone. Emma Stone. Short hair. Yeah. Got the short hair thing going. It's kind of ruining it for me. Oh. Isn't she a redhead? No. Yeah, well, she's, she's been both. Both. Movies, oh, so. She can do it all. She can play both. See, that's what I'm saying. Rangy. She's uh, rangy. Ron, <laughs> brunette. You know her from The Help, Birdman, Easy A, mm. Superbad, of course, Zombieland with Mr. Bill Murray, and Magic in the Moonlight with Colin Firth, who I love. Don't remember it. Mm, shush. Woody Allen. Mm. <laughs> oh, now, this is kind of fun. So, <laughs> one of the first things that she did on television was she won the part of Lori Partridge in the VH1 talent reality show In Search of the Partridge Family. Hmm. Mm. Did they try and assemble a new Partridge Family? Is that what in they 2004, they were trying. They gave like a up. Voltron? Just nah, apparently, when you can't, it's like lightning in a bottle. You just can't it make is. it happen again. Her movie debut was as Jules in Superbad in 2007, and then she had a string of successful performances, and she had the leading role. I never saw this. Did you see Easy A? No, but no. I heard it's amazing. It was really, it's really, really good, good, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what I heard, too, and I have to see that. Anyway, that established as a star. Mm -hmm. I uh, found this fact fun, Bart. Oh, uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for a while, uh, we just had regular facts, <laughs> and they were kind of bringing me down, so I... <laughs> I've made it a rule that all the facts have to be fun yeah. on this show. It's an upgrade. Yeah. They've been yeah. fickle. fickle. I found 
was fun. Uh, one of her idols are Gilda Radner. Oh, perfect. Which I thought was great because I love the Gilda Radner. And as I get older, less and less of the kids know the Gilda Radner. Very upsetting. Mm. That's true. I'm That's glad true. she does. Yes. Her ha- uh, low-pitched husky voice as a result of having baby colic, a condition of mm. chronic crying as an infant, and it lasted for six months and resulted wow. in her getting nodules on her vocal cords and calluses, and now she still has them no, as an adult. No, it resulted in her getting really sexy really voice. Really sexy voice. <laughs> husky voice. Um, and uh, also she had, you know, you know, we always think the actresses like that must have had a really easy career, but... She had a very rock-bottom experience when she auditioned for the part of Claire Bennett in Heroes, which went to Hayden Pantier. 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 She did not get that part, and that made her sad. Hero. Oh, the, the show, the, the TV, TV show. show. I think yeah. she probably did better by yeah. being a movie star. Those things always work out. I know. Hey, she ended up in a superhero movie, Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> and at the age of seven, again, yeah, fun Birdman. fact, mm. at the age of seven. See she, how that works? <laughs> she fell off of parallel bars in gymnastics. Fun! And, Fun. Here's where it gets fun. She broke both of her oh. arms. Oh my goodness! Wow. At the same time. Oh. What is the fact? Just fact version of yeah. that. Yeah. I guess. So <laughs> awful facts. No, it's a horrible facts. Fact. Can you imagine being seven and not be able to use your oh. arms? Whenever for eight I hear weeks? about somebody breaking both of their heart, the, what's the first thing you think about? They fall right in their face. No, wiping. Yep. Ah. Yep. It's always a wiping issue. Gotta have someone else do that for you. Like, oh, wiping is now going to be a problem. Oh. Or spanking the monkey. But that's more like if I did it when I was 13 yeah, or something. maybe a little oh. older. Seven would be a, ahead of her curve. <laughs> Let's also wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Romany Malco. Oh, yes. In this who, week's movie. The, uh... That's right. He turns 48, and uh, he can play away from a best friend to a best man. He's in Almost Christmas this week, and uh, hunky, very cute, so that he fits into that movie. Mm-hmm. He also was uh, in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. That's yes. why I think yes. I first yes. saw funny. him. Me too. Blades of Glory, which is an underrated movie. Mm. So funny. And The Duff. He played the principal in The Duff. He did. Oh, really? What a great movie. Have you seen that, Adam? No, I've not. You and I would, would like love I would it. love that. Yeah. I know. Because it, it knows it's John Hughes, right? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and the lead actress is really great. Um, oh, yeah. And? Paul, he also Ooh. worked with movie guy Paul Preston by association because he was in No Ordinary Family, huh? which I believe you did a part on it. I sometime. did an episode. How exciting. And he must have a TV well. show. So... <laughs> I've worked with him. You've worked Let's with just him. Say it. Go it's for it. Horribly <laughs> exciting. Everybody else would upgrade that. Right. In Why Hollywood. Uh, he was. Okay, so this is kind of crazy. I was looking around, seeing what he's been up to, because I don't know a lot about him, which is always fun, because in birthdays, we learn stuff like Cool Breeze Reeves. Sure. We learn that Keanu. Keanu means cool breeze in Hawaiian. That doesn't surprise me. No, right? it's kind I didn't of know perfect. that, but it doesn't surprise me. That's amazing. It's the greatest, and he is only well, it the greatest guy. Could have meant hot dogs guy. or something. <laughs> but that it, would be it does make sense that it's cool. Really. That's so now, cool. at the age of seven, Brooklyn bred Romany Malco was picked up. He picked up a microphone. He started rapping, and then became. As a teen, he moved to Texas, and he formed a rap group called RMG, and then moved to L.A., where he signed a deal with Virgin Records as what? a rapper and changed the name of his group to College Boys. And they with had a their, Z, right? Yes! yes! And they had their first big hit, Victim of the Ghetto, went into number one what? on the rap charts. Wow. What? Yeah. All the hot rap guys come out of Texas. Uh, Is that what Texas. they called them, the rap charts, before they called them the hip-hop charts? Perhaps. It was back in the late 80s, or early urban. 90s. The rapping list. Here's By the way, I do think Romany yeah. Malco translates to hot dogs. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what is so great about this. So we all know that Emma Stone, we just learned, she was in the Partridge family. That's how she got her start. Mm-hmm. Malco, he 
his very first part on a TV show was uh, his rapping came in handy because he played, he landed the lead role in VH1's legit, too legit, the MC Hammer story. Oh. Did he play MC Hammer? Yes. Oh, I must nice. see this. Oh my God, the clips are on YouTube. They're amazing. I bet that is too legit. It is too, too legit, legit to quit. It's so fantastic. And <laughs> he has to wear like a fake, you know how M- MC Hammer, the hair? Yeah. He has a fake hair piece that's all desperate. And he's got the pants. And, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so, Genie pants. It's fantastic. It's not easy to dance like him. No, but That's he does a great job. I couldn't pull a clip of him singing like MC Hammer, though. It was just like little bits and pieces. Do you guys remember MC the first Hammer, time you heard that song? MC Hammer came to New Zealand about <gasps> five years ago and performed, and he was amazing. He's oh. pretty amazing. I don't know right? why he's he was in New it? Zealand. I think he was promoting some video game or something. Oh, cool. But he's, he's amazing. That guy's Christ. amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. and he's, is he still doing well. all the dancing? In oh, the yeah, a little bit, a little bit lazier. <laughs> but he's definitely the, the guy. Man. You know, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. He's pretty amazing. They rock out. That's why we pray. Uh, no, he didn't actually. Didn't do that. Right. He did like I three like songs just to make I it through like the day. Yeah. <laughs> just to make it through the day. But Bart, you could probably see where this is going. But you know how much I love when celebrities sing. It's true, David. I don't know how long you're staying in the United States, but eventually this is going to happen to you. It's going to come across. This your is going to happen to you. You're going to be walking down oh, the street. God. and People are going to say, "Hey, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe." Well, the first one's a bit of a spoiler because her secret identity is actually Gitchy Gitchy Goo. <laughs> she is Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Don't tell everybody. Of competitive tickling. Uh, all right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. That's right. The triple G. And, and then the other thing you're going to want to tell her, uh, tell these people, is that Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I do. Really? And, and I didn't know, but I love when they rap, apparently. Oh. So we're going to oh. listen to a little bit of this number one of rap hit. Uh, Paul, are you starting it when he starts rapping? Because there's a number of rappers. Oh, yes. All right. So here's uh, Mr. Romany Malco singing a little Victim of the Ghetto. Oh, man. Creep through the hood with my drop top. Gangsters on the sidelines. Guess the year. Based on the. Yeah, you can still understand him. There's still a rhythm. Right. 97. Yeah, maybe. I'll just go one year long. I'll go 96. It's not bad. Not bad at all. No, it's old school rap. Yeah. He sounds good. You can understand him. Summertime. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can kind of guess by the the backbeat, too. Like yeah. certain ones kind of come along. Yeah, maybe go 96 on that. All right. Hey, that wraps another showcast, everybody. Oh, I like how you did that. To, a wrap. Oh, I see. Together with the movie guys, individually we are. Right. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, Facebook.com slash the movie guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. It's tiring to keep up with, but we do it. And uh, thanks to David Ferrier. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me, you guys. It's One been more fun. time with the essential plugs. Yeah, um, we're out on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play and all that stuff. You can um, rent it right now, right? Yeah, tickledmovie.com. We'll give you all the details. It. Rent it now. Watch it. Um, Twitter. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're at Tickled Movie on Twitter. We're at Tickled Movie on Facebook. Uh, tickledmovie.com is our website. And uh, yeah, feel free to get in touch. And it's a slick hour and a half. So, so good. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you it won't know, take too long. Not too we short. We should get David O'Brien. That's his name, right? Uh, yeah, David D'Amato. David D'Amato. I forgot there for a second. I make his name. <laughs> and it was we beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great world yeah. for a moment. <laughs> oh, so nice. Like two seconds. <laughs> for a second, I was devoid of him. <laughs> you should hire him to do our social media because he's brilliant. Yeah, he gets around. He's Absolutely. a great publicist. He's got some time on his hands. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks as always to Steve Schultz for his contributing uh, contributions, comedy wise, to the show. And uh, of course, we owe everything to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. And remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. Next week, the Wizarding World returns with Fantastic Beasts oh. and Where to Find Them. And stick where. around again right after this short break. We're going to be back with spoiler talk all yeah. about tickles. So if you've seen it and you want to know some more uh, interesting stories, because there are some, because we've already done this, I'm going to slap it at the end of the episode. Yeah. And, uh, and you will know it is time for spoilers when you hear the, the Hulk drop. You got to play that in between the. Uh, <laughs> don't make me angry. When you hear the Hulk drop, <laughs> that's spoiler talk. Spoiler begin. coming. <laughs> Movie guys, Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Okay, so thanks for sticking around for the spoiler talk about Tickled. We were so engrossed in this movie, we want to talk about so much of it that does contain spoilers. So mm-hmm. please only keep listening if you've seen the film because we don't want it spoiled for you. So uh, table go have rent that. it <laughs> right yeah, now. Go get it, and then everyone, your first reaction is going to be, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 80 minutes of your time, watch it, and then oh just hit play again on the podcast. And if oh you watch the first 10 God. minutes, you are not not finishing this right. movie. <laughs> so, so my first thing when I met David is I'm like, wait, what? Is he gay? Wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> why is this person turned down by men tickling each other? And why is it one guy? And why is mm. he not nope. selling like subscriptions to the website? What is happening? Yeah, why? Yeah, what is happening? When this. you say David, yeah. let's let's oh, let's, 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 <laughs> let's give a little bit of unfolding here. Let's let's Quiet. not skip too far. Yeah, let's not, so, okay, so, so unfold have, it a little more. All mm. right. So when David, the filmmaker, showed up for the show tonight, I was asking about David O'Brien. D'Amato. D'Amato. Okay, yes. Now this is who, the guy you uncover. We uncover. Yeah, yeah, yeah is, David D'Amato. It all led to David D'Amato. Who is behind all of this and has apparently all the free time in the world to create all of these alibis, take people's identity, mm. even people who are dead and take their social security number and open up credit cards. What? Actually, can I add some detail to that too? Yes. Because the thing is, there is a, a constant history of when people decide they don't want to be tickled anymore or shot mm. anymore, that yes. they are exposed to everybody. Their parents get letters. I mean, it's evil, yeah. evil, vicious, and, and, so, and thorough. He's so thorough the way and that he goes and he, he puts mm. together websites about them, puts it on Vimeo and YouTube. That's mm-hmm. what I was alluding to, the fact that he puts up mm. all this time and energy to make sure everyone mm. knows. That so much energy. Oh my god! Yeah, and plus his emails being sent out from real lawyers and fake lawyers, and there's the emails and, and that, that kind of harassment that, as well. That, that was amazing when you guys mm. found that lawyer. Did you see how annoyed he was? He was like, <laughs> yeah, "I've sent odd. one." It's funny. My my new my Kiwi friend. Um, oh. he works in the same building that um that lawyer works, and he sees him in the lift all the time. Oh, <laughs> nice. He's like, oh, is that tickled guy? <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. I'm like, just say hello, say hello to him. Um, but no, I mean, the, the reason, part of the reason we wanted to make the film was to, because all these guys were being harassed, and yeah. the idea was mm-hmm. to out this whole situation, and so that hopefully that, that harassment stopped, because this has been going on for about 21 years now, you know, it's not oh, a new right, thing, you know, you pretty were... much as long as the internet's been around in a mainstream form, this has been happening. Yeah, but yeah. this David dude got right onto the internet super early, like 96 early adopter. or something. He was on there. You could tell oh. because it's in real media player. Yes! And that, yes! When's the last time you watched something in real yeah. media player? And that blonde woman was so 90s. Hey, I was going to ask you, was her identity ever... Uh... No, no, the, the, no one knows. Um, Hal Karp, the journalist, um, he went through all the yearbooks of all the schools that David D'Amato taught at 
Um, and oh, she, we figured see. she might. She's a yearbook photo. It's a yearbook yeah, photo. Yeah, it's a yearbook photo. photo. But yeah, couldn't find her, and no one's come forward yet about. It. I'm still waiting for the day someone knows that says, that's that's that girl. Me. Yeah, yeah let, let me back up and explain because you, 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 you uncover one level that there is this tickle person, a Terry tickle yeah, Terry or something like that. Terry but tickle. it is clearly just a picture taken from a 1989 yearbook a with shot. the biggest <laughs> glamour shot hair. Uh, yeah. You know, but then that unfolds and you find out who that actually is, and it turns out that David D'Amato has mm. been a principal at uh, eight t- he was an assistant eight principal. schools in ten years. Yeah. yeah, moved around a lot. Yeah, he was an administrator. He was in Which charge of dis- he was in charge uncovered. of discipline at some of them. Um, yeah. Oh, no. And yeah, as he was as he was in the school system, he was you know I mean some of the the students that he interacted with at those schools, he was also talking with online as Terry Tickle at night. Yeah. Ah! You know he had these two things wow. going on. Um, and there's a million I mean there's a million details that have come to light since the films come out. I was going to say yeah, is, is there a, is there a where are they now uh, update? <laughs> no, I mean we're figuring out at the moment what we do because I mean since the films come out, I mean Jane O'Brien Media, you know Kevin and David Demato himself have come to screen. And you know, we've filmed all that. What? Oh, yeah, did you not know about this? No, oh, yeah, right. No, yeah, so what? at um, so yeah, at um, so I was in, we split up, Dylan and I split up. Um, he went to um, LA and I went to New York. This is when we were doing a limited theatrical run in the United States, mm-hmm. and um, um, Dylan turned up because um, he's organized about 20 minutes early and he saw Kevin, and Kevin was there, and Kevin was pretty angry, you know. Um, you know, angry that he was on tape, angry about different things in the film, and you know, was essentially sort of screaming at Dylan in the lobby about various things as people um, were in the movie. You no, know. Remind which, me which, which one's one Kevin? Kevin? Yeah. Kevin Clark was the older guy who came to New Zealand, okay. older guy, but oh, bigger, he white was screaming ponytail. And having a he got fit. really I mad. What you think you're doing. Yeah, that guy. guy. Yeah, that guy. He was already having a fit. Yeah, Yeah, pretty animated. So he was there, and then, um, and then David D'Amato showed up. Wow. And um, and he so during the whole Q and A at the end, (gasps) there was Kevin still yelling from the back, yelling various things at Dylan. Brilliant. David D'Amato. Yeah, during the Q and A. Oh my um, god. All the audience suddenly saw all these characters they'd just seen on screen. Marco was there as well, the sort of the quieter one that came to New Zealand. Yeah, he seemed okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like OJ showing up at your screening of right. uh, People versus OJ yeah. Simpson. That's not true. And this is, <laughs> and this is, you know, this it's interesting because I mean, David D'Amato had tried, had filed two lawsuits before this, um, defamation lawsuits, um, you, you naming kind of neutered Dylan his and lawsuit, myself. Uh, and so we knew, you know, he sort of tried to sue us, and then he turned up, um, and he had his popcorn. And he watched tickled with well, popcorn and a, and he a coke. Loved it. And at yeah. the end, he um, by by that point, I, I mean, it gets complicated. But by that point, those two lawsuits had been um, dismissed on jurisdictional grounds because he had tried to sue us in Missouri, where the festival it was a festival at Missouri that it was at, and in Utah, where Sundance was. And so the idea was, we were going if he was going to take those on, we we're going to get those shifted to New York. And so voluntarily, they were dismissed. And he turned up and used the last, you know, Dylan handed him the mic and said, you know, do you want to say anything? And David D'Amato sort of talked for five minutes, mostly telling us that um, if you thought this was bad, it's going to get worse. And that lawsuit will be refiled in New York. Oh, and I just wish to strap I were in. The so I'm at, the, at this stage, you know, we're just sort of on standby, really, where, yeah, it's been an action packed year since January. Doesn't he reveal himself sure. to be a bit of a harasser by saying, yeah. I'm going to sue you and put myself yeah, out there? Yeah, I mean, that whole yeah. audience. He's, un- he's unrepentant. Yeah, he yeah, that whole audience. I mean, he still, you know, he still stands by. It, this, this thing that he has nothing to do with Jane O'Brien Media. Mm. He's got nothing to do with it. It's not me. Oh, no, it's not him. That's wow. a very interesting postscript because at the end of your movie, you talk about um, 
one of the notes before mm. I heard this amazing story, mm. I had this great oh. note about mm. how David D'Amato turns out in, in the movie to be your classic bully, which is mm. as long as you don't know who I am and as long as I have a safe haven, uh, I'm going to attack you. But as soon as he was confronted, at the end of your movie, mm. you say all the harassment stopped. It did. Everything went completely dead until we exhibited the film ah, okay. <laughs> at Sundance. Mm. Then we then we heard from everyone. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it was, it was a real surprise that, that David turned up at that screen because you know it would have been so hard to get to him and i can only imagine that that because he was outed on screen he just thought ah if it i'm just gonna is, turn up and is he one of those know? one is he one of those wet aliens one of those moist he looks moist, <laughs> he looks moist. i i am i've sort of stopped giving my opinion about him because <laughs> i yeah that's defamation all we need <laughs> is get in trouble about him being a moist See, alien well, here, yeah. here we'll help you next lawsuit you know what? he seems charming Dude, David, the minute we get, the minute the movie guys get a letter from him, we'll let you know. Yeah, no, please do. I mean, yeah, the the early days, uh, some of the blog, when you first did our Kickstarter, um, a few blogs wrote about us and they all got letters from lawyers. Oh, we're totally getting letters. The the thing is, his name is so everywhere now. It's it's everywhere, and I think oh, you guys will be Paul, fine. Paul, definitely tag him on the meta tags. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting. No, no, I mean, it's going to be depressing if we don't, though, guys. Yeah, I know. be like, even he's not listening? Yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> now, I have a question, because I, I may have been uh, not paying attention exactly right. Mm. The whole thing started to get really juicy, and we started to get a lot of information, because the one guy somehow in the college got information with all the files. How oh, I love that? that moment. That, that was a yeah. leverage moment. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love that lady yeah. too. I, but how did they get yeah, that? Yeah, no, that was kind of crazy. Because um, yeah, Hal Cap, the journalist, he was writing a story um, with the Cyber Angels who were this group of online sort of vigilantes who would help people who were wow. being bullied. Cool. Um, so he was doing a story about and he sort of found this, um, you know, person harassing people throughout the, you know, with these tickling videos, Terry Tickle. And um, yeah, basically an anonymous hacker from Australia, just a young wow. kid, I think he was 50. I've, I've since talked, I've talked to this guy since. Really? Yeah, I've talked to that hacker. He but, got in touch. He'd seen the film in Australia. But it, and he basically um, wanted to find out, okay, who is Terry? And um, basically did a few tricks and got into Terry's hard drive. And That's found, how he did it? Yeah. Oh. And, um, and he was like, basically like got the files revealing the true identity of Terry Tickle. Um, David D'Amato, who was in the school system at that time, emailed that zip file to Hal Cup saying, oh no, sorry, emailed that to a student who was being harassed and said, yeah. you send yeah. this to Terry, they'll freak the hell out and you won't hear from them again. And that's, that's exactly right. what happened. That student then sent that zip file to Hal, who was writing oh, the story, yeah. and then Hal got um, the full identity, which then eventually went to the FBI, which led to all that stuff oh, happening. It makes sense. It just doesn't seem mm. legal what he was doing. I, and Yeah, then he goes to, to jail, but he goes to college. Really? Yeah, he got, in, he got, in, <laughs> he got accepted into Fordham. Um, into their law program. Well, he for, seems for to like the law. Time. He yeah. seems to like he the does. law a lot. Oh yeah. my gosh, I loved when he had mono. He was oh, he had so mono. He had mono. mono. I yeah. couldn't. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Now, whenever these other gentlemen came to the screening, uh, the one with the bl- ponytail and stuff, mm. did they? Is that the first time See, they met David? See, don't sue. She called them gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry. Is that? The no, first well, time, I mean, it, it's, it's, this, it this stuff's all pretty fascinating. And I mean, if I don't know whether we do comp this together into some kind of sequel at some point That's but amazing. you know it's interesting because kevin has always said don't know who david damato is yeah. don't know him david yeah. has always said i've got nothing to do with jane o'brien media weirdly him and kevin seemed fairly close at uh-huh. the at the um when they turned up in la yeah. so there's a lot of inconsistencies hmm. in their story i can't imagine that a guy who bullies people about tickling would have inconsistencies the crazy plot. right mm-hmm. thank you for listening <laughs>